if you have your Bibles, uh, crack them open to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Uh, we were at this text previously, uh, but we're looking at, we've been talking about uh, the journey with Jesus and the calling of the disciples. And so uh, as we uh, look at there, uh, we believe that in 2022, that God wants us to move forward, move forward. And so um, now what does that mean, Pastor Roger? Well, I don't know if that means get on a bicycle. Uh, I don't know if that means get in a car or whatever. Uh, but I just, I really have this, for me personally, it's this word of follow. Um, and uh, just following after God, following the Holy Spirit, trying to stay in step with him. And uh, But as we move forward, uh, I really feel like uh, as we look at the disciples, there is some connections that we can learn from their callings and what we can do as well as disciples of Jesus today. Um, you know, we, we first looked at Matthew a couple weeks ago, and we said to move like Matthew. Um, and then last week we talked about we need to connect like Nate um, and uh, not Nate Jones, but Nate, Nathaniel of the Bible. Uh, and then I want to challenge you today that we need to desire like Andy. Desire like Andy. Um, so I need some volunteers. I, uh, Gloria, come on up. Annika, come on up. Bryson, come on up. Uh, Eliza, come on up. Nate, come on up. Robin, Pastor Robin, come on up. All right, let me see. How many do I got so far? All right, I need, I need... You three right there is great. Uh, I need, oh, I got plenty. I got plenty. I got plenty. Actually, the other three come over here. We'll, we'll have, we'll have uh, young and younger uh, on the stage here with us today. All right, so um, Nate, you're going to stay right here. You two go back behind that speaker. Uh, okay, so I thought it would be a little, I had, I've totally forgot that my nieces were going to be here, but this is awesome. Okay, so. We're going to have, let's see, we're going to act out our Bible story today. Okay, let me, let me help set the stage. All right, everybody, real quick, put on your thinking caps, okay? We are just acting out. Don't say that Nate is Jesus, even though he's just playing a part, okay? Uh, he tries to be like Jesus, and that's awesome. But, uh, so you're going to be Jesus, okay? And don't, don't show your backside to people. There you go. Okay. Uh, you're going to play John the Baptist. You're going to play Andy. And I believe you're going to play John. Okay. It doesn't say his name, right? He never includes his name in his gospel. He just says the one that Jesus loved. In this story, it talks about how it's a firsthand account and that it's another disciple. I think it's actually John. But that's just me. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. That's what I think. All right. So here we go. So as we, if you've uh, been around with the scripture a lot, you know that John is one of the gospels that does not start with Jesus' birth. He talks about the word, and the word was at the beginning, and all that stuff. And then he kind of just jumps right in to the ministry. And he talks about how there is this man named John the Baptist. Okay, Gloria, you're not a man. You're just relating a part. Okay, there you go. Is that what a man's face looks like? Okay, wow. Okay, so we have, uh, so we have John the Baptist here, and he is, uh, yes, he does have long hair, right? Because he takes a certain vow. Anyway, he eats he eats bugs and honey. <laughs> Yummy. Okay. Anyway, so John the Baptist, and and he's calling people to repent. He's like, you need to repent. 
Yep. Okay. And so, the, and so John the Baptist had some disciples that stayed with him, followed him around, right? And so he's baptizing people in the name of, uh, and, and to, to repent. But then the Pharisees, you two, uh, you're coming across. Here, I need you to step back. Step back here. Step back here. You'll be in part of the story in a minute. All right. So the Pharisees come and they're like, they're like, hey, are you, uh, wow, those are, wow, Pharisees look rough and mean. Uh, the Pharisees are like, are you God, are you, are you the Messiah? And exactly, they're, John the Baptist was like, no, I'm not. I'm the one before the Messiah. I'm the one that's, that, I'm not even worthy to touch his shoelaces. Well, something like that. Anyway, uh, sandal laces, uh, sandal laces. All right, so I'm not worthy of that, but he and but they need to repent, don't they? All right, and they're like, eh, we're good. All right, so then they go away. Okay, so then they go away. All right. Well, then one day Jesus arrives on the scene. Okay. Oh, wow. You're really taking this world apart. I don't think Jesus walked like that. Jesus didn't come in to be like, oh, I'm here. Okay. Anyway, so now we have, so now we have Jesus. And as he's coming, John the Baptist is like, whoa. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. I don't know if John the Baptist said, oh, my gosh. But uh, so then it's like, it's like, this is the one I've been talking about. Wait, you got to tell your disciples that. That, that I can't, that I'm not worthy of doing. And so Jesus comes in. He's like, I need to be baptized. And John's like, whoa, this got to go the other way around. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus is like, no, I need to come and be submissive to the Father because we all need to be under authority of, of God. And so, and so Jesus gets baptized. Whoa, wow, okay. Uh, that is a... That is a powerful baptism. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'm never going to let her baptize people. Okay. All right. So this is, this is going off the rails real fast. All right. So Jesus is like there. All right. So Jesus kind of hangs out for the day, and they, they all have fun. Then it says the next day. So Jesus is hanging out, right? Because first of all, John the Baptist and, and Jesus are cousins. They're related. Hey, cousins. Okay, so then uh, I should have you guys play those parts. Anyway, um, so Jesus the next day is walking by, and he's he's kind of he's kind of going away. He's heading he's heading back, and as he's walking by, okay, as he's walking by, G, or it says that John the Baptist says this. It says. Uh, and we'll pick up. We'll pick up right there in, in verse thirty-five. It says, "The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. Wave two disciples. Okay, two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, "Look, the Lamb of God. Look, the Lamb of God. Okay. Wow, that was impressive. Okay. Then, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So the two disciples leave John the Baptist. No, it's okay. It's, he is greater and you are lesser. Okay, there's another verse than that. Okay, so then you have, so turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, oh, why are you hiding behind the TV? Come in front. Man, you're like, come on. You can't hide. Turning around, uh, Jesus saw them following. He's like, what you want? <laughs> what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Like, 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 where's your hotel room? Okay. <laughs> no, not that. They didn't say that. Okay. Verse 39. Come, he replied, and you will see. 
So they went and saw where they were staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. All right, so maybe Jesus liked to sleep or whatever. Anyway, it's about four in the afternoon. Then Andrew, Andy, yes, you, that's Andy. Okay, Andy, Simon Peter's brother, one of the two, heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and brought him to Jesus. All right, let's pause there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would anoint your servant today to uh, speak your words, not mine. I pray, Lord, you would anoint my tongue and, and speak truth. I pray that you'd also hide me behind the cross today and that you would be glorified. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our minds and our hearts that would receive your word today. It would take root and change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give a round of applause for my actors and actresses. All right. Very good. Okay. You can go now. Okay. Oh, I like the round of applause, Dawn. Yes. Around and around it goes. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> if, if, by the way, if you see Nate Jones walking around like this, oh, everywhere he goes, just, just pop his balloon. Okay. <sighs> oh, okay. Let's just keep going. All right. So, like I said, I'm challenging you today to desire like Andy. Now, what do you, Pastor Roger, what do you mean desire? Notice, notice a few things here that Andrew does. I'm going to talk about desire and, and what desire does, and then we're going to take a look at Scripture, and then I'm going to put, put a personal parallel with it today. So desire, first of all, desire creates sacrifice. Desire creates sacrifice. So how I, how I see this with, with Andrew is this. Andrew's probably a fisherman, right? Family business. We know that Simon Peter was. We look at some of the other accounts of the calling. It's from the fisher boats, right? But Andrew wasn't by the boats, was he? He was with John the Baptist. You know, so Andrew had to give up time to be with John the Baptist. That's sacrifice. That means I'm going to have to maybe walk away a little bit from, like, not take as many hours from work, not work as hard, or, or maybe I need to, I love my family, but I need to spend some time with Jesus and the sacrifice. And, and think about that. Andrew didn't even go to, like, he wasn't even hanging out at the temple. John the Baptist was over by the river. And he was a crazy guy, right? He wore weird clothing and ate honey and locusts. How many of you are signing up for that diet plan, right? No one's raising their hand. I don't know why. I don't think it was, you know, it's not there. But see, when you desire, you end up sacrificing things for the, your goals. Think about it. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter what this is, but if you desire money... You have to sacrifice time. If you desire a perfect body, <laughs> that's not one of my desires, you may have to sacrifice the pain. If you want to, if you desire possessions, you have to sacrifice your money that you've earned. If you want to, if you desire beauty, you're going to have to, first of all, sacrifice all three of those things. Pain, money, and time, right? I don't know how girls do high heel shoes. I don't. Okay, 
Anyway. But like I said, I was, I'm also paralleling this with a personal touch. I'm going to parallel this with, with marriage. Desire creates sacrifice. And so when I desire to be married, that creates sacrifice. That means I'm not going to hang out with my bros. I'm going to hang out with her. I'm sacrificing something instead. Time. For me and my wife, it was jumping in puddles. We would take walks on campus, and even if it was sunny or cold or raining, and my wife would love to jump in puddles and get me wet. <sighs> That's just, we had to sacrifice time, right? And then, and then when you desire to be married, right, you got to sacrifice arguments, pain. you got to struggle and work through things. Because why? Because one, we're all selfish, and, we got, and we, if we're giving it to Christ, he's working on that. But the best person to point that out to you is your spouse or your loved one. Or when, you know, you need to sacrifice money when it comes to marriage, like when I bought the ring. And I, like, I, if you don't know, I was dating my wife, and after three months I knew I was going to marry her, but I decided to wait a year before I proposed. So... Uh, let's see, I, we started dating in November, I bought the ring in like June, and waited till the next November, because I, I already knew the plan, I just, but I desired that, it's going to create sacrifice, right, that means I might not get what I want, but because I desire something else, create sacrifice, so this is a universal truth, no matter what it is, but let's make sure that as we so I'm challenging you to desire like Andy does. That he sacrifices time, maybe money, maybe pain, to be with what he wanted to be with. At first it was John the Baptist. Then it became Jesus. Second thing is desire creates pursuit. See, look at this with Andrew. He got up from what he was used to and followed Jesus. At first he had to leave his family, his business or whatever, maybe his job, and he was, became a disciple of, of John the Baptist. Now, that doesn't mean that, that Andrew was there every day, right? I mean, you still got to eat. He probably still did some work, but maybe every chance he got, he snuck out. Just be with John the Baptist, was with him, pursued, pursued that. But then as soon as he found out who the Messiah was, when John the Baptist was like, hey, that's the Son of God. That's the Son, that's the Lamb of God right there. He hits the shoulder of his buddy and he's like, hey, let's go. Let's pursue that. And he spent the day with him. I mean, what would that have been like? Wherever Jesus was staying, we know that Jesus didn't have a home, right? The Son of Man doesn't have a pillow to put on, a, you know, on a, to lay his head on. But what would that have been like to spend the day with Jesus? To have dinner with him, to, as they walk and talk and see people. Just ask questions. 
as I parallel that with, with marriage, desire creates pursuit. You pursue. I pursued Tammy. When we, uh, like I said, I, after three months I knew I was going to date her, but I was the senior. She was the freshman in college. And so we had to do long-distance relationship. That's not fun. Right? When I'm living in Ohio and she's over in Pennsylvania on the other side of the state. And it's a six-and-a-half-hour drive. I pursued, though. I had to drive to be with her. Right? No matter how many tickets I got. I had to drive. Right? It's hanging out with that person. It's pursuing. It's spending time with them. I'm giving up of myself to be with you. Right? Walking. uh, I remember even when I was walking through like dorm rooms and um, like at the Christian college that we were at, we had like girls nights or like one for a few hours on Friday nights, you could go and visit the other dorm. It was basically the only time guys would clean their rooms. Um, It's really the reason why we had it every other week is so that guys would clean their rooms. But like walking through the dorms, like before we were officially dating, right? And I'm like, I wonder if she's in here. Peek through the door. Hey, I didn't know you were here. Oh, it's so cool. Coincidence. I just was walking through saying hi to everybody, but since I'm here, I'll just hang out with you, right? You pursue that person. You pursue them. There's a, there's a desire there. Uh, my, uh, my wife uh, had a job as cleaning up the classrooms before classes uh, in parts of the college, and uh, then she would come and have breakfast, right? And I worked the breakfast shift, and I'd be waiting. Is she coming? When's she coming? Because we had a really long corridor, and I could, like, be looking out, like, she's not here yet. Okay. Be cool. Play cool. Play it safe. Is she here yet? Right? Because there's that pursuit that's desire, right? Desire creates pursuit. I also see that desire creates anticipation. When I see Andrew here, what does he do? Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two that heard John, what John had said, and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother. After he had hung out with Jesus, the very first thing he did was what? I got to tell somebody. And what does he tell him? He says, we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. The anticipation. We have found the one we've been waiting for. Desire creates anticipation. If I desire, think about it in the Jewish culture. We've been waiting Decades, years for someone to come rescue and save us. We need the Messiah. Now their definition of what Jesus would look like was completely different than what came. And I think, how does that look for us today? That we think that Jesus has to fit in this little space because that's what he is. Really? Because if that's the Jesus... Jesus is so much bigger than whatever we can think of. 
and the anticipation of what could be, not just what I expect, but the anticipation of, Jesus, what are you going to do? Like I'm thinking to myself, if he really is going to touch down on the Mount of Olives, it's probably going to be during daylight time. That means it's going to be night here. I'm going to be sleeping. God, am I going to hear the trumpet call? Like, what is that going to be? The anticipation, the, the desire. I desire to be with God. The anticipation should be building. Should be building. Think about that with, with my wife. Desire creates anticipation. One for the wedding night, right? Then also the anticipation of, I get to, I get to be with her finally. And I, we, we, we get to work on this journey of life together, a partner, a helpmate, one that I get to build and, and pour into her life and she pours into mine. When we, when we desire things, it's going to cause, like I said, the universal truth. It causes sacrifice. It causes pursuit. It causes anticipation. That's what it does. So I have a question for you. What are you desiring? What are you desiring? Are you going to desire like Andrew, who was always open for the, what God was doing fresh and new? If you notice it in the story, the Pharisees did come. You're thinking, man, why do you have those two people up there? They're a really short, short time span on stage. They didn't act much. They weren't open for what was happening new. They were interested. They wanted to check it out. I'm going to see what it might be happening. Let me go down to the river, check out this lunatic, crazy guy who eats bugs and honey. I'm going to check it out. Eh, You need to repent. Nah, we're good. I I want to see what's happening, but I don't don't want to get involved. Yet Andrew was there. He became a disciple of John the Baptist. He, was, he wanted the new thing of God that was happening. Repent. It wasn't a different message every day, was it? It was the same message. Andrew didn't need the same. He didn't need it, but he was there to experience what God was doing in the lives of others. And then, as soon as Jesus rose up on the scene, Andrew was like, I'm out. Because that's what God is. That's where God is now. And he was willing to move to where God was. Are we desiring like Andrew? Are we saying, God, whatever you're doing new, I want to be a part of. I don't care if it's the sacrifice of time or money or place. I don't care if it creates in me this pursuit. I want to pursue you. And I anticipate for the new things that you're doing. But if I'm just stuck in my ways, that I'm just like, "Mm, that looks good, but you do that, I do me. We get stuck. And the desire that God has for us is that we follow him. To take a journey with Jesus. Now, 
Was it wrong for me to desire to be married with my wife? No. I love her mostly because of her heart. She cares for people. So much so. Pretty much every night we have conversations of just people in our church. Of, man, I hope that I'm praying for that person. Or I hope that God moves in their life. That she has a big heart for our kids and our family. That she keeps me grounded because I want to fly a million miles a minute and she's like, hold up. You got to bring us with you. You can't just run away. Like, you got to take some time with us. To be, to be rooted in love. Her heart for service, right? That she jumps and does what needs to be done because it needs to be done. I love those things about her. But it wasn't wrong for me to desire to be married to her. It's wrong if she takes the place of God in my life. You can desire things of this world. You can. But are they taking the place of God in your life? Because that becomes an idol. If you put something, if you desire something more than God. So what are you desiring? It's okay to want, like I said, the things of this earth. But, mm, God, I wake up every day and, Lord, let my heart be fresh for you. Holy Spirit, I don't want to move today. Now, that doesn't mean that I sit at the corner at every stop sign and go, okay, God, do I need to take a left or a right? Or, or I, or I uh, look at a menu at a coffee shop and think, hmm, does Jesus want me to have a mocha or a latte? You can ask those questions. But allowing room for the Holy Spirit to work. You know the greatest... Uh, the greatest heartache of the Good Samaritan story was the priest and the Levi. Because they were so busy doing the church thing that they didn't do the compassionate thing. That's why I love this week of us going out to Vision Kitchen and to be serving here at this community. I mean, we, we had an amazing team here yesterday. Yeah, we might not be serving the numbers of people, but I guarantee you that the number of people we did serve mattered. Because it's the ones that they, we don't expect God to bring in thousands of people. We expect God to bring the right people in that need us. That we can be the smile and the, and the bridge of hope and the hands and feet of Jesus for that moment. Bryson and I, we went and helped pick out food at food pantry. And then, uh, I was like, yeah, let's just drive around, show downtown a little bit, right? He's new to the area, Bryson, our intern. So we're driving by Promenade Park, and I was like, you know what? Let's stop and get some coffee, and Rust Belt Coffee's down there. And so we pull up at a coffee shop, and then we sit down, and we wait, we wait. It takes a really long time to get our coffee. Then somebody walks in who I saw at a Bible study a couple weeks ago, uh, John Worley's group of guys. 
over on the other side of town. Something that is just being a part of. And then he walks in. And he, I was like, I wave at him because I recognize him, but of course I don't remember his name, right? I met him one time. And he's like, hey, I forgot your name too. And so he's saying, he's like, man, we're, I was like, so what's you doing, you know, in Center Toledo? And he's like, we're birthing a new ministry. We're going to call it Good News Ministries, and we're just going to make soups and pass them out to people on the street. And we're going to put a track on it and ask if they need prayer. He goes, we could create another soup kitchen, but I'd rather take food where people are. He goes, it doesn't have to be homeless. It could be construction workers. It can be someone walking on the street. He goes, in the summertime, we'll make sandwiches. But, we're gonna, but me and my brother, Keith, is going to work on this. And I, I look at Bryce and I said, this is why you leave room for the Holy Spirit to work in your day. That you don't flush your schedule so fast that you're doing the next church thing, but that you do the next right thing. That I can be praying for this brother who I met one other time in my life. But I guarantee you I have his card and I'm praying for him every day. And I don't know if that means further involvement or if it's just prayer. But I'm going to allow myself that when I woke up that morning, I guarantee you, I said, Jesus, I give my day to you today. To where at 10.30 Friday, after I came back home, I got a phone call from the school liaison. It's like, hey, I need you to take brownies to the local school because they dealt with the stabbings of the kids this week. And I need you to be there. Can you do it? Yeah, I can. And I changed my day because my day didn't belong to me. It belonged to Jesus. Are you desiring to, be, to journey with Jesus? Are you desiring to be like Andy that, hey, I'm going to give up what's comfortable? Even after I gave up the sacrifice and time, I like what John is doing, but I'd rather be with God than what is happening I'd rather follow God. Do you desire like that? And let me tell you this, that when we journey with Jesus, we need to invite others to join us. That as you desire God and what he's doing, allow others to come with you. It's not a solo journey. Andrew tapped his buddy who I think is John, the other disciple, right? And then at the very first thing after spending time with Jesus, he's like, uh, I got to get my brother involved. We all know what happened after that with Peter. I want to challenge you today to desire like Andrew and that the desire of your heart would be to follow the Spirit and to journey with Jesus. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would help us all to be the good Samaritans that you have challenged us to be. That we would desire like Andrew. That we would maybe sacrifice some things this week or pursue what you have. But Lord, that the anticipation that's building up is not to be, not to be forgotten, but to be used by you. God, I ask that you would Lead and guide everyone's steps as we journey with you this year. Help us to be a disciple of you. That we would 
maybe forget our traditions, forget what we think you are, but Lord, that we would desire not just the good thing, but the God thing in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would bless everyone that hears this word today. Lord, that you would allow us the room each and every day not to fill up our schedule with what we think you have, but with what you want for our lives. God, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't do this journey alone, that it's not a solo run, but Lord, that we invite others to be along the journey with us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, each and every day. God, I thank you for what you are doing here in each and every one of our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen.